0: Welcome to the Pasho Perspective, a place where I share my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I'm your host, Pasho. Today we're going to go over Jordan Peterson's rule number nine assume the person you are speaking to knows something you don't. Isn't that the purpose of why we have conversations? Isn't that the reason we get involved in debates? Isn't it because we want to walk away wiser, better? having learned something new? Or do we get into debates and conversations because we just want to listen to an echo chamber that validates our ideas and our opinions? But what happens, though, when our opinions are wrong? See, that's one of the bonuses, as Jordan Peterson would say, in regards to listening to somebody who might know something you don't. We are all, I believe, masters at something. Some of us are masters at heartbreak. Some of us are masters at dating, Some of us are masters in science and mathematics and literature and psychology and all the other fields that exist in the world. But even outside of academics, there are people who, you know, know how to work with their hands, who know how to clean, change tires, who know how to put on a roof, who know how to hook up electricity in the house for hi-hats and fans and things like that. There are people who know how to make really good friends. There are people who know and are masters of how to keep a really good, positive attitude. And there are people who are experts at being the emo of the group. So there is always something that we can walk away from, or with, I should say. And so when we enter conversations, we should not enter to win. Jordan Peterson would say that anger wants to win. What we should want to do is to come out wiser, better at least more understanding. At the end of a conversation, when I was young, we used to be able to say, agree to disagree. You know, we'll talk for a few hours, we'll argue back and forth, no ad hominem, because, you know, that's just a loser's <laughs> way of winning a conversation. You see what I did there? Um, you know, and so you could always get something out of it, because winning when you're wrong is a bad thing. You know, if you're going to win a conversation in a debate, you want it to be won because you were right. Not because of what you think, you know, or worse, what you think you feel right. Because as a wise man once said, facts don't give one gosh darn about your feelings. Your feelings change like the face of the moon. Even Romeo and Juliet can teach you that lesson. When Romeo wants to profess his love to Juliet and says, oh, I swear by these silvery tops of the trees and the moon. And she's like, no, don't swear on the moon unless your love is like the moon whose face changes all the time. So we can't just base our opinions on the way that we feel because who could trust feelings? I mean, think about it. You could listen to a love song. And get completely different reactions based on where you are in your life. You can listen to a love song. And because you just got in a really good relationship, that song is the best song in the world. You love it. Every time you hear it, it makes you sway. It makes you swoon. It makes you, you know, just feel really good inside. But then you get dumped. And it doesn't feel so good. And when you hear that song that reminds you of the relationship that once was... You hate it. You demand that it be changed or you do it yourself. How could you trust something like that? So instead, what we should do, as Jordan Peterson would recommend, is to listen to people, especially people who don't share the same opinions as we have. It's easy to lock yourself up in an in a opinion chamber, right? in an echo chamber of opinions. You know, going on Facebook and only hanging out with conservatives or liberals or, you know, TikTok and Twitter and all those other websites that uh, are social media platforms that I don't really try to involve myself with unless it deals with this podcast. You know, we have better things to spend our time with. But anyway, back to the point. So we should want to learn. We should even, especially, I think, we should listen to our enemies. Because they're the ones that are going to tell us things that other people won't kind of going back to the rule about, you know, making friends with people who want the best for you. You know, as a friend, it's it's not always easy to call out the bad things that your friends are doing. It's not always the smartest choice to start pointing out flaws, you know, especially if your friend is emotionally sensitive already, you know, the last thing you want to do is highlight one more flaw, you know, that they're going to have to deal with, but At the end of the day, that does make a good friend, right? A friend will risk telling you the truth because they love you and they want you to be better. They want you to make some kind of concerted effort to change that's not only going to make the relationship better, but it's going to make your life at the end of the day better because you'll feel more confident. uh, You'll be grounded in reality. And so sometimes, you know, we need to listen to our enemies because our friends are always going to. You know, be on our side, and they're always going to say nice things, and they're always going to be encouraging, as they should, because that's what a good friend does. But our enemies sometimes will say the truth. You know, Jordan Peterson, uh, in his interview with Dave Rubin, uh, you know, mentions that, you know, people that don't like you are going to say things, you know, that maybe are not true. And, and it's really just predicated on the idea that, you know, I don't like you, and so I'm going to try to say whatever I can to make you feel bad. But somewhere in that litany of insult, they might actually highlight something that might be true. You know, they might point out the fact that, you know, you got a little chip on your shoulder or, you know, you're a little narcissistic, you know, and and those are things your friends won't tell you because maybe they've just learned to accept it like that, you know, and they're like, you know what, that's just Pasho and, you know, got to love him the way he is. But our enemies will tell us because they're unafraid, they're not trying to impress us. They're not trying to be our friends. They're trying to hit us where it hurts. And we can use that as something positive because, you know, if they're telling you, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty selfish. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like you. And your friends have never said that you're selfish because, you know, it's not a nice thing to say. And, and maybe to a certain degree, you're not as selfish with your friends as you may be, you know, a random stranger or certainly somebody that you uh, don't have a fond opinion of. But there might be some truth to what they say, and that can help you then grow, right? You may realize, hey, you know, I never heard that. Nobody's ever said that to me. And, you know, now that I've thought about what you said, I think there's some truth to it. And so there's something that I can isolate and then I can correct it, right? I can say that, yeah, this is a problem. This is a flaw, but it's not set in stone. I can do something about it. You know, for example, when I was in high school, Uh, you know, I learned about my sign, you know, I'm a Leo born in August. And, um, you know, I read that Leos are pretty narcissistic and can be pretty self-centered and, you know, always want to be in the middle of everything and be the center of attention. And, you know, I started looking at myself in high school and I'm like, holy cow, there's some truth to this. But then I stopped being egocentric and selfish. And now I'm perfect. So, you know, it was a (laughs) win-win. Sometimes the best way to learn is to get it from, you know, somebody who doesn't always pretend to be a yes man to you. You know, I think Aristotle even said that you, you should be mindful of those who flatter you because it's usually because they want something. You know, there's some kind of subconscious desire or something that they want from you. It kind of reminds me of, you know, my little cousins when I got a driver's license and they wanted to ride and they'd be like, you know, you're so awesome. You're so smart. You're so good looking. And immediately I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> Cause you can see right through it. You know, where, where is this every other day? You know, so obviously there must be something there. So here's a strategy that I'm going to share with you guys that I really liked. And, uh, and it reminds me of a friend of mine uh, who is now retired. Uh, she no longer uh, teaches. And uh, we'll just call her Steph all right, to kind of keep some uh, anonymity to her. But my friend Steph uh, used to teach a class called Critical Thinking. And I used to hear stories all the time. On Fridays, my students would come in and, I mean, sometimes their mascara would be just like all over the place because they'd been crying you know, and I, and I him, why are you crying? You know, I mean, I didn't go to high school to cry. That was certainly something I wasn't comfortable with. Maybe that's just me, but, you know, and they would tell me, oh, well, you know, we got in these circles, we do it every Friday and we share, you know, the problems that are going on in our life. And everybody tries to chime in and, you know, give us some suggestions to, uh, you know, either work it out or get through it or to deal with it, you know, kind of things, depending on what the situation is. And I would, you know, kind of laugh to myself, you know, that that's pretty funny because, um, I don't normally get students you know, to cry in my classroom, uh, although it has happened uh, for different reasons. And maybe that'll be a different uh, episode. But uh, typically not crying in my class. You can uh, pretty you know, rest assured that that's not going to happen. Um, and so then, you know, she gave a presentation to all the other teachers during a uh, you know, professional development. And um, and she had this great saying and she said it all the time. And we used to poke fun at her, you know, for saying it all the time. Although, you know, it was very light and and she knew it was only a joke. And and honestly, I mean, she was very highly regarded and respected and without uh, question, you know, she deserved it. But she would always say, so what I hear you saying is, you know, if you want to practice being a good listener. You know, which is something that you should do because no person ever talked or listened themselves out of a job, right? But you can certainly talk yourself out of a job. So if you want to be a good listener, which I suggest, especially like if you're getting, if you're interested in getting into relationships with women, women love guys who listen. At least that has been my uh, my personal experience, and my wife can certainly attest that that is something that she does enjoy about uh, me as well. That I am a good listener, and that I remember things even when she doesn't think I'm listening. And then I'll surprise her a month later with you know what she said she wanted and. She'd be like, oh, I didn't know you were listening. And I'm like, got you, right? And so my friend would always say, what I hear you saying is. And it does a couple of things. First of all, it allows the person that you're speaking to, to hear back what they're saying, or at least how you interpret what they're saying, which can help them then determine, do I need to restate it? Am I not using the right words? Maybe I should accompany it with maybe an anecdote of some sort to clarify my, you know, my opinion. Uh, but it also you know, allows then that person to make any adjustments if you get it wrong. You know, if what they said, you know, like plain telephone wasn't what had originally gone through, they can then make the correction and be like, no, 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 no. Okay. All right. I see where you're coming from. I see where you kind of thought I was saying that, but let me now, you know, let me go a different way, take another approach to try to illustrate my ideas, you know, or, you know, the, the good thing is you say what I hear you saying is, and then you revert, you know, you, you say it back to that person and they like, yeah, absolutely. Right. They feel validated. Like, thank you for listening. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. So what do you think? You know, and then you can go back and forth and that kind of conversation. And and so, you know, although we kind of poked fun at it during uh, the time that she was uh, at my school, I certainly think it is invaluable, you know, that approach. That if you're having a conversation, especially like if you're with a spouse or with a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're having an argument, I think that really is a great opportunity to pull out that line. Because one, it will also slow down the conversation. Right. When we get angry, I mean, we can get into turbo speed and by breaking it up and saying, all right, hold on, honey. So, what I hear you saying is, you don't like it when I cut my toenails at the breakfast table and my shavings and clippings go pinging off of your forehead and into your coffee. Is that what you're saying? And your wife then could be like, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And if you want to live, you will do as I say. Right. And then, you know, you can kind of go from there. You kind of give you an opportunity to pause for a second. Or she could say, no, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm going to kill you if you ever do it again. Not that you need to stop, but that you will die if it happens again. And then you'd be like, okay heard and uh noted and i will no longer do that right uh talking about that you know the example that i came up with last week or a couple of weeks ago so put that into your repertoire all right start listening to people don't try to surround yourself in an echo chamber try to go outside of your opinion because again that also does a couple of things by ch- by being challenged by somebody who doesn't hold the same opinion as you it should do two things first and foremost It should help your conviction in what you believe, right? Because when someone challenges your ideas, you're then forced to have to provide evidence and reasoning. Why do you think that way? And so it's going to ground you even more in what you believe. And second, you know, sometimes when we have a debate, it's not about the person that you're speaking to because you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. And at the end of the day, regardless of the conversation, we're going to walk away perhaps understanding each other better, but we're not going to have, you know, a change of opinion. But maybe the person who's listening to the debate, who's been sitting on the fence for a while, who's only been in an echo chamber where they hear one side of the story, and because you have risked on this debate and this conversation with somebody that you know, you don't agree with, but because you want to learn and understand where they're coming from and And it also exposes their faults and flaws while you're having that debate so that you can come up with better counter arguments and rebuttals in the future. But it's also about the people around you, you know, who may not necessarily know anything, you know, haven't been exposed to any media outlets or anything like that, or perhaps exposed to the wrong ones, right? Like Denzel Washington, you know, once said, if you, uh, if you listen to the media, uh, or if you don't listen to the media you're uninformed, and if you do listen to the media, then you're misinformed and I think that's such a great quote and it still totally holds true today, especially today with all those <clears throat> fake news uh sources out there. i'm so happy that we have uh truth and rumble and you know things like that that exist now in this counter alternative culture, you know from all of these crazy psychos, man, trying to drag us into a delusion, drag us away into the darkness, away from the light, you know, to be miserable and angry and bitter and resentful and cynical. And to that, I say a thank you, but no thank you. So anyway, that's rule number nine. Assume the person you are speaking to knows something you don't. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please like it, share it, leave a review. The best thing that you can do for me, if you'd like to help me out, is to share it with your friends and as many people as possible. So that way we can help everybody grow, help everybody stay positive, help everybody, you know, make this world a better place, right? Shine your light. And when everybody shines their light, the darkness of the world will evaporate. And so that's what we're trying to do here at the Pasha Perspective. We're just trying to show and share ideas like Jordan B. Peterson's awesome book, uh, 12 Rules for Life, so that you and myself, as I'm talking to you guys, I get to learn and go through this process again and remember all the important lessons, too, that have been making my life better. And I know it's been making my students' lives better. They you know, attest to that every single day. When they tell me, you know, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, that you aren't afraid to say these things, that you aren't afraid to speak up, that, you know, you want us to know things instead of just, you know, accepting what you think. You challenge us to Google everything that you say. You force us to look up statistics and opinions and, you know, stories and stuff like that. And so hopefully, you know, in the future, when I start, you know, talking a little bit more, once we're done talking about Jordan Peterson's book. And I start talking about more of my perspective when it comes to politics and life and relationships and things like that. You know, we'll have a common ground, some kind of understanding of what we're trying to do, how we're trying to make our lives, you know, less anxious, less stressful, more filled with joy. Because happiness is just, you know, the result of something positive that we do, but it's temporal and it, it's over. You know, you graduate, you walk across the stage, you're feeling proud, but then you get off the stage and you're like, all right, I'm bored. How many more people are after me? And what are we going to do after this? Right. I mean, yeah, you're happy. I graduated. Yeah. And then the 16 second comes around and you realize, okay, well, what now? You know, and then you got to find another goal to pursue and to chase down. So, you know. Maybe the next episode, I'm going to talk about that, the difference between happiness and joy and what we really should be striving for, because one is an amazing soundtrack in the background of your life. And the other one are just little hidden target points that we're going to reach in our life, you know, because we are going to be successful. We're going to be ambitious. We're going to push ourselves to finish and what we started and and have an awesome life, guys. All right. So God bless you. Uh, If you want to support us, visit us at the uh, at patreon.com backslash the Pasha perspective. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear what you guys think, uh, even if it's negative, just to know that you're out there, you know, send me, uh, send me some words, send me some love. Uh, but definitely, you know, hit that subscribe button so that I can keep you in the loop with all of the different ideas uh, that I'm coming up with, you know, as the school year goes by, as the you know new cycle continues and as the world turns. Until then. Talk to you later.